0: Welcome to another episode of Mastermind Discussions. I'm your host, Matthew LaCroix, and today on episode number four, I'm sitting down with Nathan Wolfe, esoteric researcher from Texas, to discuss ancient history, religion, and sacred texts. Nathan, how are you doing, my friend? I am doing fabulous, Matthew. How are you? I'm doing great. So just a little bit of background about how I got introduced to Nathan and how we got to doing the show together in this discussion Nathan has been a longtime supporter, commented on a lot of different videos, and he's reached out on on a long email trail discussing a lot of different topics about history, esoteric knowledge, and the old religion and So I wanted to bring Nathan on today to expand on some of these topics because we had some really good conversations going, and I wanted to invite him on to mastermind discussions so To start us out, Nathan, why don't you just give us a little bit of a brief background on you and how you got started on this path.
1: Honestly, Matt, I got started on this path when I was about 11 or 12. I was raised Catholic. I went through all the the confirmations. And along the way, there's just too many questions that popped up. It, it It didn't make sense to me. You know, so I started studying other things. You know, I started studying, you know, believe it or not, got into Satanism for a little while, not practicing it, but studying the the basics of it and what it was all about. That didn't have any answers. And then I started studying Hinduism and Buddhism and everything just started to come together into one ball of spirituality, I started to get into the philosophy of it. I started getting into the ritual, the actual rituals of Wicca. And learning the, the, the Wiccan read and what the Wiccan read was all about. The Wiccan read is, and it harm none, do what thou will. And that made a lot of sense to me. So I started studying that even further. And the more I got into it, the more of a Gaia-based religion it became. And I thought that that was very important, especially in today's time. And that's kind of pretty much where everything has led me now. And from there, I started to develop my own branch of Wicca. I'm calling it the Natonic Order of the Plumed Serpent. Because I followed your research. Man, I've been following you for a couple of years now. You know, when, whenever mm-hmm. the first, I first saw you, when uh, I was looking, uh, I think it was uh, Gerald Clark. And I was looking for stuff about the Anunnaki. Gerald Clark's stuff came up, and there he was having conversations with you. And, you know, you're the one that seemed to really stick with it. So I followed you for a while, and you know what? It blew my mind, totally. It opened me up to a whole new level of what I thought everything was. You know, I knew that this reality wasn't really all it is said to be. You know, there's more to it. You know, I finally get a chance to sit down and talk to you. We finally get a chance to share ideas. And you know what? I'm loving it.
0: Well, it's an honor. I really appreciate the kind words, Nathan, and the, and the support that you've given me along the way. It's, it really is wonderful to be able to sit down with a lot of like-minded, deep thinkers.
1: I appreciate the opportunity to sit down with you and, and get my voice out there because, I mean, it, it's all about spreading light. You know, it's it's all about breaking through the matrix. We're sitting here in the third dimension. And it's an important dimension because this is the only dimension where things become physical. And what people don't understand is in this third dimension, we manifest our realities. And that's important. That's very important. You know, the the war, the pestilence, the... The darkness I mean sure it's been going on for thousands of years but we've been programmed that way haven't we
0: yeah it's that's that's a a good way to say it we are the co-creators of this reality and the trick is you know we've been made to believe that we have no no significance in this reality and that we're sort of going along with however the events you know unfold but the truth is, like you said, we are we are the ones that are allowing this reality to continue the way it's been from before, and we're also taking part in continuing it. And what I mean by, by that is, um, like you said, we are in a very dark time right now. This is a very, this is the darkness before the dawn. This is when humanity goes to the very edges of losing all connection with you know, spirituality and their connection to the universe and the stars and their, and their higher self. And then at that moment, it's like we all of a sudden make this great change and we go the other way. And I think that that has been a cycle that's been going on for a very long time. And I think we, we, in many ways, humans here are, we are pawns of basically allowing a certain kind of reality to manifest here. And so so having your voice on here and the voice of so many others is how this entire movement, this revolution of consciousness can take place because without this voice of the, of the people, just allowing certain individuals at the very top to speak for all of us is the re- is the entire reason why we got into this mess in the first place. Absolutely. Absolutely. It really is. Because I mean, at some point,
1: we have to take responsibility for ourselves and what we have created here i for one i want to add my voice to a solution i don't want to be part of a problem i want to i want to be able to disconnect totally from that problem and come up with solutions you know yeah bring the light back because I mean, that's when I say when I say light, I don't necessarily mean you know physical light. I mean light as in the spiritual light, the light within us, the the the, the goodness, the love, you know. Because that's what this 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 world is sorely missing. That's what a lot of people are sorely missing
0: in their lives. Yeah, and so, that's and that's been what this big struggle has been all about. I think is this, and I like the Egyptian term for it. It's the this battle of Ba versus Ka, Ba being this creative light source within us that helps co-create a reality, the spiritual, non-physical energy. Whereas Ka is this physical world that we exist in. And I think in many ways, those two terms are why this entire battle of the eagle and the serpent and darkness and light has been going on. It's the same thing. It's this battle over whether or not we choose a path that's dominated by this physical world and then the accumulation of material goods and controlling others and controlling information or this revolution of consciousness and light where we become what we were supposed to be all along these beings of higher consciousness and light that are co-creators in this vast multiverse that we exist in and we are so much more important and significant significant than we than we've been made, made to believe
1: Absolutely. We are so much more than what we are. We're so much more than what we've been programmed programmed to be. I mean, we're we're multi-dimensional beings. We have a chakra system that not only is within us, but is also outside of us. Our Merkabah is, it, 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 it extends beyond our physical reach. You know, and when you realize that, it's like I am. I may be sitting right now in a meat modem, but I am so much more than that. I have an immortal soul. You know, I have a spark of divinity. I, have, I am a piece of source. I'm a piece of the prime creator, you know, and I am here to have a human experience. But what am I going to do with that human experience? Am I going to waste it or am I going to embrace it and follow my heart, follow my dreams and do everything I can to make not only my life better and worth it, but to spread that to others as well.
0: That's very well said, Nathan. I I would echo that um, almost ex- exactly the way you said it. That's That's exactly how I perceive and how all the ancient teachings from the past have tried to allow us to really glimpse this reality to, to say, yes, you are a physical human being, but don't get lost in the illusion of the physical world and fighting over one another for dominance and accumulation of wealth. You can't take any of that with you. All you can do here in this reality is to impact positively others around you to help them grow so that we aren't just taking, but we're actually giving back here. You know, I like to, I like to attribute consciousness in our, um, our growth, our, our growth of light and consciousness here to that of a sapling tree. You know, it's like, our reality is this dark forest all around us. And if, you, and if anyone knows, but if you go out into a forest and you have tall trees that cover up the canopy of the sky, That small little sapling tree that's trying to grow at the bottom of the forest floor, unless it gets the right amount of nourishment and the right amount of light, not only will it not be able to grow, but it may die. So what happens when that canopy is opened and that little sapling tree gets just the right amount of nourishment, just the right amount of light, it can blossom and flourish and turn into something so much more dramatic and different than it started as. And I, and I see that as um, human consciousness because we in many ways are trying to fumble through this darkness that has become our conditioned reality with so many of these roadblocks that try to prevent us from going down this path. People, you know, on the surface, it seems like it's such an easy thing, right? Oh, just go pick up a, a copy of, you know, the Hermetica, and just follow the teachings and you'll be all set, right? Well, it's not that easy because we are in many ways controlled by so many different aspects of this of this system that's here that it makes it very difficult, doesn't it?
1: It very much does, Matt. It very much does. You know, talking about control and everything that everything that we have to deal with, you know, we've got politicians pushing us one way, we've got religious leaders pushing us another everybody is vying for control of this reality you know there's fluorinated water that kills the pineal gland once we realize that we are as much a part of this planet as any creature any dog any cat any bird you know we are earthling but yet we're also from the stars you know and that's an important that, that's an important aspect that you have to remember so many people have severed that spirituality have severed that consciousness They've cut themselves away from it. And they're in such a pursuit of money and material things and, and fame and glory. And then you've got those who just don't care. They just want to live their life, you know, and just not be bothered with anything. Like what's the purpose in that? You know, you know what, what, a, what a way to keep someone held back, right? I know, right? I mean, it's like every chance they get from, from religion to politics. You know, I think religion had a big part to play because, you know, over the course of history, starting, I guess, with, with the Catholic Church, because, I mean, that, that's where it really started to happen. They took the Atrahasis, the Enuma Elish, the, the Epic of Gilgamesh, all these things that you've also talked about. They've taken those and they've condensed them down and put them into the old Testament and they've convoluted it and they've twisted it around where there's still little slivers of truth in there. Like we were created, know, God created us in their image. Who's they, who is they, They that's the only time it's mentioned. Who is they, you know, but you ask somebody about it and they're like, Oh, well, we don't want to talk about that. We don't know. Or you get that. Well, they were the angels. So, okay. What are the angels? Well, they're just these metaphysical things that float around, you know, and they, they worship this, this all knowing old man that lives in the sky in a golden city. And that's the answer you get. That's it. There's no more, there's no more elaboration on it whatsoever. You know who this God character is. well, from doing the research, from listening to you and everything, this God character that they talk about has got to be Yahweh, and Yahweh has got to be Enlil. Am I right about this?
0: Yeah, and of course, Enlil is the Sumerian version of what we think of as Yahweh, because they, these, these entities, beings, as you want to call them, because I think that's really the, the easiest term. You could even lump them to things like angels and demons, you know, to go with the religious context. I think it's been the same thing all along. It's just these types of entities and beings who have, who have conquered our reality and they allow themselves to exist in different dimensions. They're, they're interdimensional. They're allowed to move between different dimensions because of that. It's like we're being watched like some great show. And I think that brings up a great um, point that I wanted to bring up to just help to clarify, to understand how, our reality really fits in with this model of multiple dimensions and gods and how all this works. I really want to point to to extend this conversation. Well, I want to point towards a movie that I've mentioned um, a long, long time ago, but I think it's important to bring it up again because to me, it really it really captures the essence about uh, of how we got into this debacle that we're in now, where we've almost completely forgotten about everything that exists around us the stars and the in dimensions and being in this vast multiverse and we're so focused on this artificial illusion this created reality based on different laws and rules and mindsets that we we've, we've lost ourselves within that and that movie that may surprise people is the Truman show okay so and i want to give a little bit of a background on the truman show because i would really love if people would rewatch that movie and and maybe you do have the perspective that I already have them about to give you. But if you don't, I would really love you to rewatch that movie. And I just want to briefly go over the premise of it from a higher level. And then Nathan and I can talk about it. But in the Truman Show, Truman exists in this reality where it's this cushy little happy life that he has everything he needs, essentially, that he thinks, right? He's got this very structured life where he has to go get up and he's got to go do the same thing every single day. He's got to come home. Everything is the same. It's this cookie cutter little reality where he's existing in it, but he can't ask any questions. He can't be inquisitive about anything. So he's going along with this daily routine schedule where he's not asking anything. Everything is this perfect version of reality from what the standpoint is of almost like what we have today, if you think about it. So one day he's walking and this light falls from the sky and lands on the ground, right? This light. I love how they use that, you know, example to show this because it, it, it really encapsulates this perfectly hit pause right at the right second. When he, when he picks up that light and he reads it, it's almost unbelievable what they wrote on that light. And it says Sirius Canis major. I, I remember when I first found out about that, And I had been researching the Dogen and how they're deeply connected to the stars of Sirius, this constellation of the Canis Major and the different stars, Sirius A, B, and C. And to learn all about how the ancient Egyptians worshipped Sirius and that there may be even connections to where possibly some of these entities or beings could have come from, for them to write that on that light, was, was almost completely mind blowing because it's like they wanted people to look into Sirius and in Canis Major a little bit because it connects to ancient history all around the world. And so, what happens from that moment on, that one little tiny moment where he gets that glimmer into something different, he starts questioning everything in his reality. It, it forces you to, it forces you to, because at that moment, you realize that your reality.
1: It's not what you've been shown all your life. It it, it forces you to open your eyes and ask questions. And even if you don't find the answer, you have to search for the answer. You know, because every search ends with you finding something. You know, he's the only one in this movie that doesn't realize what's going on. You know, he's kept in the dark about everything. And once that light falls and he sees, what's this? He starts breaking out of it, you know, and that's exactly what everybody needs to do. We have a choice here. We can either continue to go with the narrative or we can break out of this narrative and we can take our own path and find the truth because that's what it's all about. It's about yeah. finding truth because our entire life is like the Truman show, right? Our entire lives are like the Truman show where Nothing is the way we've been taught. Nothing is. Am I right? And
0: it's almost been, it's been put in, in place like that in a very particular reason to keep us in that comfortable mindset, right? Because if we're comfortable and sort of happy, we'll be like those happy farm animals that won't really, they won't, they won't try to break out of the pen and go off on their own. They'll just be herded along. Inside that pen and just, you know, chasing after that, you know, carrot on a stick that the, the, you know, the farmer is holding in front of you that you'll never actually ever get. And so what happens to Truman? Well, he realizes, to just expand on this, he realizes that everything in his reality has been created to keep him um, subdued in this reality to not ask any questions and to be a certain kind of person and to have a certain kind of mindset specifically. So what happens? Well, he ends up getting to the edge of, the, of his reality and finds out that it's, it's this, this, this wall of illusion. He breaks out of it and all of a sudden he's on this movie set. And the entire reality that he had perceived was real was just a created illusion for, to keep him in a certain state of mind. And that in many ways is exactly what has happened to us based on the certain laws, rules, and mentalities that have been handed down since the very early days of kingship
1: they've always had a specific narrative that they wanted us to follow. It's like they wanted us to keep us at a certain level. They wanted us to stay right there, not asking any questions. They wanted us to be fat and happy and continue to work and toil. Why?
0: Well, I mean, and I like to, I like to connect to another movie that I talk about a lot because it really does capture it. But well, look at how, Neo is used in the matrix and how people are used before he before he learns the truth and breaks out of it it's like we're so what's the point of us being in here and just doing all of these activities right well to just essentially have us use up all of our creative energy to basically build this world and this reality for this certain type of construct but at the same time the parameters that are in place prevent us From being able to break out of that norm because there's so many constraints that can constantly bombard us, right? You know, you, if you're, if you're, if you're a different kind of person and you don't, you're not a normal person, well, you're not going to have very many friends, right? And you're going to be kind of cast out by society and society will be that factor that makes you feel like something's wrong with you because, well, look, everyone else is doing it. So they must be right. And you, you feel alone and isolated. And I think a lot of individuals will peer through that veil, as the Gnostics stated, the veil, the created veil of our, of our reality. They'll peer, they'll peer through it. They'll see the other side. They'll get scared. They won't have any support. And they'll just ignore it and they'll go back to their old reality. And that's, that's scary, isn't it?
1: That is very scary. I mean, I mean take somebody like me, for example my friends, I can count on one hand. All right. I don't surround myself with a lot of people. You know, I've always been kind of off. I've always been kind of strange. People don't really know quite, quite know how to take me. You know, I tend to have a lot of energy. And then once I start, once I find a subject, I will hold on to it. I will chew on it and I will not let it go. Especially something like this, because I mean, this is truth, you know, and nobody wants to hear the truth. You know, so they distance themselves from you. You know, they shun you. And that forces a lot of people to give up and just go with the flow and get back to reality. Go out to bars with their friends and do this and do that. Instead of sticking to their guns, instead of continuing that research, that area of study that that, that they found that really resonates with them. You, you brought up The Matrix there was this one scene when they're in the car and Neo, they call Neo copper top. You know, I really like that because that refers to him as a human battery, which is what the machines were using humans for using them as batteries, as energy, you know, and sometimes that's how we feel. We, we, we go to sleep to recharge that battery. When we wake up, we expend that energy, therefore expending the battery. Then we have to go back to sleep to recharge again. And what are we using that energy for, though? Well, what are we using that energy for? We're, so many of us aren't using that energy for our own purposes. So, so many of us, I mean, myself included, we have to play the game one way or another.
0: You know, we're benefiting them. Can you imagine if, if the entire structure had been different? if you know, and I, and I actually equate this to ancient times, I try to imagine what these, the golden age civilizations were like, because think about it for a minute. They do archeological digs in places like these incredible, you know, Sacsayhuaman and Cusco, and they come up through, and they look at places like Gobekli Tepe, and they look at all the way across to Baalbek Lebanon. They don't find material goods. They don't find hordes of money and gold. No, they don't find that at all. What do they find? Those civilizations were almost entirely focused on acquiring higher knowledge and building these incredible societies where they were connected to the stars and nature and they were stewards of this earth rather than just taking. They were giving back. And so looking at a higher level at our reality and that we are these interdimensional higher... Um, higher conscious beings who could be co-creating and, and making this golden age of civilization where everyone is connected to their passions and their in their intuition and, and and contributing. But instead, no, we live in a reality where people are slaving away and giving up their energy for something that's not creative almost at all. And we're trying to gain this material wealth, going to buy, you know, some new car or or something that's going to put us into debt to make us work even more and more to realize that, well, that's not really the path towards happiness. So you can see that the entire thing has been structured around the complete opposite of what we really should be doing right now. That is
1: absolutely true. You know, the way society has, has been structured, that's what we have to do. We have to play the game because if you don't, you can't pay your bills. You can't have a house to live in. You can't have a car to go to work because you have to have a job in order to live. Because you have to buy food. You have to, you know, unless you live out in the mountains on your own. You built your own house, and you don't you don't owe you don't owe anybody anything. You completely live off
0: the grid. Look, so let's expand on that, Nathan. Now, go just ahead. imagine if. We had uh, if if our society in reality had gone a totally different direction, right let's say yeah. you were raised in in a nice family where they're encouraging your own creative interests and getting out and playing and just learning about the world and having good social interactions right and then when you when you first get into those early years of school, the whole purpose of those classes are like these creative classes where they sit down and they and they 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 look into well. What are you passionate about? What are you, what are you good at creating? What are you good at contributing? Well, this person just has a passion for farming and growing plants. That's incredibly important. This other person, they create incredible paintings and art. That's incredibly important. This person wants to create music that's just beautiful, that really connects you. That's incredibly important. This other per- person is, an, is a deep thinker. There's a, they're, they're a philosopher that's incredibly important. This other person's a mathematician. You see what I mean? There's so many of these aspects of ways that we could be contributing that have nothing to do with money. They have nothing to do with forcing people into this daily schedule. Why would people do that? Because they want to be part of contributing to their collective society.
1: It it allows them to better themselves and better society. It kind of brings up Back in the early days of of, of my spiritual path, I kind of started looking into this thing called the Venus Project. Have you heard of it? Yes. Hey, Jacques Fresco, he thought that way. You know, yeah, there was no such thing as money. You get rid of money, and you didn't work to gain wealth because your wealth was what you could provide for society. Exactly. Exactly. if you you took what you were what you were good at and you expand on it and you take that then and you teach it to others you know if you wanted to go to school to be like an oceanographer you would study just that oceanography and you would take that and you would apply it to society it was
0: almost like a utopia no because we can't have that right of we can't course. have because what happens with money? I love that term. The money is the root of all evil because it's really, really true. If you go back and you look at how, well, what happens when we have these incentives for money? Well, it creates greed. It yeah. creates tremendous unbalance. It creates um, individuals taking advantage of others to gain over them, to try to get all this wealth and step on top of one another rather than like you were saying this, this complete other version where instead, we're doing it just to help our society and, and further ourselves. And yes. I think that that has, is part of how this entire reality has forged such unbalance within us to make us lose ourselves for so long. So let's bring this back and just, and I want to read a short preface from what's what's known as the Thoth prophecy in the Hermetica. Okay, okay. now if you if you don't know anything about Hermes, Hermes is this, you could call him an incarnation or another version of this, of Thoth, but in the Greek sense. Okay. So he's the Greek version of Thoth, this philosopher that that brings us a lot of these ancient writings that have to do with the same ancient text wisdom that we've been getting all along. And it's, it's amazing how consistent it echoes. And yet we choose to ignore most of it, which is, which is interesting on itself. So we'll just give a little information about, The Thoth Prophecy, um, I encourage people to look up the Hermetica. It's a great reading. And so it was first edited by Walter Scott in 1924. And I'm going to read a a short preface from it, not the whole thing, but a piece that really fits into exactly this time period that we're in right now and gives us some glimpses into, well, this was told that this was going to happen all along that we were going to end up down this path because this seems to be when, when you have the type of structure in place that society has followed, it always goes down this dark road. And so, and I want to start with, and in that day, men will be weary of life and they will cease to think the universe worthy of reverent wonder and of worship. Darkness will be preferred to light and death will be thought more profitable than life. No one will raise his eyes to heaven. The pious will be deemed insane, and the impious wise. The madman will be thought a brave man, and the wicked will be esteemed as good. As to the soul, and the belief that it is immortal by nature, or may hope to attain to immortality, as I have taught you, all of this they will mock at, and will even persuade themselves that it is false. No word of reverence or piety, no utterance worthy of heaven, and the gods of heaven will be heard or believed. And so the gods will depart from mankind, and only evil angels will remain, who will mingle with men and drive the poor wretches by main force into all manner of reckless crime, into wars and robberies and frauds, and all things hostile to the nature of the soul.
1: That deals directly with what's going on today. Directly. It hits us square in the nose. You know, and I've said it a couple times during this. I'm going to say it again. We have severed our connection to spirit. We have manifested exactly what he said during that conversation with Asclepius. We have wrought it upon ourselves. We get into this, like you call it, we get into this rat race where we're chasing money, we're chasing material objects. We're not so concerned with the world around us, which leaves other people who are in higher positions to take over and do what they want that will benefit themselves. Halliburton during Desert Storm and Desert Shield. Okay, as soon as we went into Iraq, Who was the first company, if I'm not mistaken, it was Halliburton that got those government contracts, which they made billions off of. You know, and just not singling them out because there have been many, many others. But it's that as an example of what Hermes just said to Asclepius. We have brought this upon ourselves. You know, we've turned a blind eye because of our chasing after are material objects that we've allowed these things to happen. We've allowed the, the, the raping and pillaging of the, of the rainforest. Gaia's lungs, to, we've allowed this, all of it. We've brought it upon ourselves. Now, I hope, I hope that we don't come into some global calamity and this civilization gets wiped out like the previous civilization did. I hope not. Because, I mean, we've been waiting for the dawning of Aquarius for a long time. Here we are staring down into an abyss, waiting for somebody to turn on a light. Well, there's a lot of us around that have this light shining.
0: We can't lead a horse to water and make it drink. That's I, I love it. That's great. Nathan, I want to expand on that. We are that Savior. It's We're not looking externally. We are the ones that we've been seeking all along. You mentioned the Merkaba. We have an energy field that exists around us that we can expand as we raise our vibration. And I don't know if everybody is totally aware of that. Try to imagine why would a lot of the ancient monks and a lot of the ancient spiritual sacred guides, why were they on top of these remote mountains meditating over the world? What was the purpose of that? Well, when you raise your energy, your vibration, your vibrational frequency, by gaining knowledge and becoming a certain kind of person, what happens is your Merkaba, this energy field that exists outward, it expands as you raise your vibration. So if you, you know, you're able to hold your energy, as I call it, hold your light, and you're able to go into other populations of other people, perhaps they're like-minded, perhaps they're not. But either way, you're then bombarded with these different energy fields that are affecting you. But by raising your own vibrational frequency, you can affect everything around you. You become like a beacon of light in a storm of darkness. And we don't realize often that we are that savior of Aquarius that has been staring at us all along, that's been told to us from the very, very beginning of time that that kingdom of heaven of higher consciousness and reaching this state of our reality where we, we, we've been seeking all along. It starts within us. We don't need to be seeking these saviors that are going to come save us. We are those, we are those individuals that are here to make a difference now to not be lost in the illusion and all the deceit and greed and evil of our world, but to rise above that and realize that this is like you said, We are at that precipice where we're entering a new age of energy. It is the age of Aquarius. And that age allows a much higher state of consciousness to rule. And it doesn't allow that low state of of energy that has ruled us for so long and controlled us. It's losing power. This is the old guard that wants to hold on to this system. But it's not going to survive because individuals like you and I and so many others that are blossoming, they are coming to this age and they're realizing that they're the ones contributing to so much change. And so I appreciate Nathan you having the the sight to see that and understand the importance that we each play here.
1: Thank you, Matt. Yeah, um, I I look around and I like to watch people, you know. I see all these I, I see people before I just saw a person. Now I see people is so much more and i lament the fact that they don't realize that there's so much more they sit and they wait for some outside source to come into their life and make it better instead of trying instead of working in their own life to make their own life better you know it would be nice it would be nice if society had different rules it would be nice if society was gauged differently you know, I really think that that's coming. We're in that transition right now, aren't we? We are. We're we're in a big we're in a big transition, and it's kind of like this gray area. You know, you still have the darkness trying to hold on, and you have the light trying to come in. It's like these different houses that one of them's been ruling in darkness a little too long, and they don't want to let go of it, so they're trying everything they can because they know. They don't have any other options that they have to relinquish control at some time. You know, I don't know who's controlling this house, getting us back to the Anuna. I don't know who's controlling this house, whether it's Enlil, whether it's Marduk, whether it's Ninharsag, one of them, or maybe all three, but they know that they cannot maintain control
0: very much longer. Well, just remember the obsession that the ancients had, as well as you mentioned the Anuna, and that's what they specifically refer to themselves as in the Atrahasis. They say, We, the great Anuna, each of us agreed upon a plan. The Anunna, they're they are fully aware that everything is based on balance of cycles. So that even so we've had so much evil and so much unbalance for so long. It's it's to me, it's like they're holding on to these scraps. Before this transition occurs, because no matter what, only two things are going to happen. We either transition and change to the other side of what we've been, this higher vibration conscious side, or we get wiped out. There's only two options because we can't continue this mentality and greed and um, destruction of of our world and Gaia, this this feminine creative energy that has been referred in Gnostic terms as Sophia this yes. this is the spiritual creative energy that was that was separated long ago that is now just returning finally and we are the catalyst of that return and of that change and so i really want to um i want to give some closing thoughts here nate but i really want to just encourage people to still play the game but to go seek those things that really make you passionate about um, getting outside or finding that, that those sides of knowledge that you've always wanted to know about. Don't be afraid to look into things just because it's, it's perhaps difficult to accept what is on the other end. I mean, we shouldn't be afraid of taking ideas and considering them and, and looking into them. We are conscious, um, higher dimensional beings here that are having a physical experience, but we're also trying to find our way back. We're trying to find our way back to that divine place that we came from. Like I mentioned in the last episode of Mastermind Discussions, it's Adapa, this this perfect man that was created, who is greater than even the the Anuna. He was thrust and cast down by Enlil, this Yaldabaab character, Yahweh, that's been known in all these different names, cast down into the lowest form of matter meaning this lower dimensional third dimensional plane where matter becomes physical, but it's almost severed from the spiritual side, this other side that really defines us. And we yeah. became lost in that. And so we're just get, we're trying to find our way back to that place that we started from. And I think that that's something that we should all remember. And we should also allow that to guide us to read these ancient texts in in discuss what was being said from long ago, like in the Hermetica and in the Enuma Elish and Atrahasis and in every single esoteric ancient story that's been told to us. We need to remember these lessons that have been that have, that we've been given and try to abide by them. And remember that we're so much greater than, than we've been told and what we've been perceived as.
1: Absolutely. That's kind of where I want to go with the, the Natonic Order of the Plumed Serpent, reestablishing that connection trying to get people away from the darkness leading them back to the light you know bringing back that that lost that that lost history saying look this is what we really are we are so much so much more i'm going to urge people to do your research get into the ancient history you know don't take it as as myth and legend these stories they come from somewhere they don't just spring out of the earth you know get get, go outside go on hikes you know put your feet in the dirt you know walk through the forest walk through the woods barefoot and just hug a tree that's what we need to get back to we need to get back to gaia-based beliefs we need to get back and reestablish that connection to spirit and that's what the natonic order the plume serpent is all about getting back and reestablishing that connection to spirit because what's going to save us in the end, it's not some external source. It's going to come down in a second coming, snap his fingers. We're all going to rise from the dead and half of us. No,
0: it's going to be us. That's the bottom line, Matt. Very we are- well said, very well said. And, and I love to just try to wrap my head around the idea that each one of us is making a contribution to how this reality is going to transform. And we're, we're each playing a part in that. Like the, the book that I previously wrote, The Stage of Time, we're each playing that those different roles here. We have many parts that we may play, but ultimately what part are you going to end up as? How are you going to be remembered? How are your contributions here going to be remembered? And I think that's what we, what we want to try to have the mindset to wrap around as we're deciding how we're going to spend these years before we start all over again. Potentially. We have to remember that we each are here to contribute in some way. And are you going to contribute in a positive way? Or are you going to contribute in a negative way? Or are you just not going to contribute at all? That's, those are the decisions that we come down to. Nate, go ahead and give some, give some closing thoughts here while we wrap this conversation up. You can manifest for yourself, but you
1: cannot manifest for everybody. And that is That is a trapping of the spiritual path is that so many of us try to manifest a reality that includes everybody. But you have to remember, like you said, we all contribute. We each have parts to play. You can manifest for yourself. But ultimately, we all have to be on the same page we all have to be on the same path we all have to come together and i like being able to bring people together you know i like i like where this is going and that's what it's all about i can manifest myself but i cannot manifest for myself and someone else that other person has to be on the same page with me Otherwise, it doesn't happen. And that's pretty much what's going on here as a global community. Everybody needs to get on the same page one way or another. Otherwise,
0: it's all gonna be over. But it takes it takes the few to start the great shift that, that has to ripple out to affect everyone else. So even though we can't affect the entire reality in a way where it's just gonna we're gonna snap our fingers, going change overnight. That doesn't mean that our contributions towards individuals scattered here, scattered there, doesn't matter. It's all part of this great change, this rippling effect where you throw throw a stone into the water and there's a ripple that occurs. Even though that stone might be very small, the ripple is much larger. And that's what I want to leave and just have everyone ponder and remember as we as we go forward, to not be discouraged by that, but to remember that what you contribute here and what you're willing to do to allow that ripple to be bigger and bigger has to do with your own decisions. It has to do with what you're willing to sacrifice. I want to thank you, um, Nathan. This has been an awesome discussion. I really enjoyed sitting down to talk to you. And I want to bring up some of the exciting shows I have coming up in the future that you'll probably be excited to check out too. Of course. Um, next, coming up on Mastermind Discussions, I have Billy Carson later in March. And then, I will, I'm, I'm going to announce, even though I hope it ends up working out because sometimes some things can change, but in April, the plan is for Brian Forrester to come on Mastermind Discussions. And so we have a couple exciting people that are forecast to come on for um, mid to late March and then in April. So going forward, you know, we'll see, we'll see where this goes, but I'm excited to at least get individuals like you and and others that can come on to really just share their voice because i think we each have an important voice to share so go ahead nathan and just how can people find um you have a youtube page my my youtube channel is is ianatan durat and i
1: might make another youtube channel that's entitled the natonic order of the plume serpent i like that and i think that's where i'm gonna go with it Uh, it, it's still up in the air right now and uh, this is the first time that i've had to get my thoughts
0: out and actually have a conversation with somebody and i thank you
1: very much for the opportunity.
0: You're most welcome, my friend. Until the next time, thank you so much, everyone, for the support. And I love to continue these conversations every time. Have a great day. Thanks so much, Nathan. Thank you, Matthew.